0: trust everybody's doing well yeah good so um we have um tonight and next week possibly one more possibly one more but for sure tonight and next week or um left of this meet me on the mountain series as we're looking at the life of elijah and um i say possibly one more because there's there's just one that i'm debating on there's one, whether or not I'll, I'll go in one more week that I'm debating on. So for sure, for sure, two weeks, this tonight and one other week. See what we can glean. Am, am I coming out clear? Okay, is it cutting in and out? Because it feels like it's cutting in and out. But let's see what we can glean from this life of Elijah, and tonight uh, we pick up where he is passing his mantle on to Elisha. Now, we've been tracking him for a while, and we have seen how God has tremendously used him. He has come out of nowhere. We do not know who his parents are. Um, We we just know that his, his name is Elijah, and he comes to bring a message to Ahab, and of course when he comes to bring the message to ahab his name itself elijah jehovah is god is is a constant reminder to ahab that jehovah is god and what is ahab not doing ahab is not living a life that is honoring god ahab is living a life that is exalting baal and he is um following in his wife's example queen jezebel and so we we tracked uh, elijah in his journey of obedience in, in bringing the word and, and then following god to the place called cherith being fed of the ravens and then again uh to the woman of um zarephath and, and being ministered to her and uh ongoing then her son dies he raises her son from the dead so we've watched Elijah go through this journey of trusting God and I just wonder can we relate at any moment in in the past several weeks of Bible studies can we relate to Elijah in the fact that sometimes God calls us to a place of obedience where things just don't make sense where, where sometimes it's a little bit hard because we're having to eat from what we didn't really think was a likely source. and Or, or when things seem to go well, all of a sudden tragedy would hit and blindside us. And, and Lord, what am I to do with this? this tragedy as as um, elijah faced when the young boy died and he was to be a blessing to the home and the home was to be a blessing to him because god said a woman there would provide for him uh, a meal but can you see yourself at any point in time in the journey that we have been watching elijah take that you know what i could relate to him i've been in that place of hard obedience i've been in that place where things didn't make sense i've been in that place where i had to believe god for the impossible after all as We watched him make that altar drenched with water and believe God that that altar would catch fire. And then turn around and no sooner there is a hallelujah party recognizing that Jehovah is God, that he alone is God, then Elijah was right back in that hard place. And how many times in our course of life we hit these happy moments and... we used to call them in my in my day. You know, you go to youth conventions and you have these mountaintop experiences. And you come home from youth convention and you're all fired up because you met God on the mountain and you experienced God and you and your friends all prayed together and you rallied around each other and you linked arms and you all came home saved for the 20th time. It's the 20th youth convention that you went to and you came home saved again and you came home. I'm gonna live for Jesus and monday morning you went back to school and monday morning you had a fight with your peer at school and 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 we would say nothing like the mountaintop but then it, every mountaintop has a monday morning and elijah had the monday, monday morning because right after the mountaintop and right after the uh, the prophets of baal were slain there still needed to be that prayer for rain there still needed to be that that essence of hope and belief in him that, God, I'm going to come to you one more time because I'm believing for the miracle of rain. So we've tracked him. And I hope that you found yourself in the journey of tracking him. I hope that you've gleaned of how you could uh, live your life and and how you could uh, see God in the everyday details of your life. You're not Elijah, but you could relate to Elijah through the life that you've lived. So tonight we pick up because we left him in a cave several weeks back. Let's pretend Sunday didn't happen, <laughs> where we talked about him as well. We left him in a cave, and, and he felt like he was the only one. And God came and spoke to him in that cave, and God gave him a specific example. Uh, um, a specific job that he had to fulfill and so tonight looking at first kings 19 19 to 21 elijah passes on the mantle and it reads like this so elijah went from there and found elisha son of shaphat he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair excuse me <coughs> excuse me elisha went up to him and threw his cloak around him Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? And so Elijah left him and went back, and he took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So we've seen Elijah in the cave, but now Elijah's been commissioned to go and pass the mantle on to Elisha. He, he was feeling defeated when he was in the cave. He was feeling as though he was ready to give up on his ministry, ready to, you know what, God, I'm just going to throw in the towel. I, I, I've done what I could here. I I, I I went where you told me to do I, I, I prayed and this boy re, uh, received his life back we've we seen the prophets of Baal defeated they, they believe that you are God I prayed and, and you brought the rain so I've seen the rain and the fire that's it Lord the, the rest have just left me I'm here alone I, I'm defeated and God speaks to him and when God speak to him, spoke to him he said this in verse 15 to 17 of chapter 19 go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus and when you arrive you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria number one and Jehu the son of Nimshi you shall anoint to be king over Israel number two and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel that you shall anoint to be prophet in your place and the one, that's number three, and the one who escapes from the sword, Hezael, sh- shall Jehu put to death, and the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. He was given the commission of, of going f- towards three people. He was to anoint Jehu, he was an- to anoint Hezael, and he was to anoint Elisha. And as Eli as Elijah leaves the presence of the Lord and he goes on this journey that God has just dispatched him to do, you would think that he is going to go in the order in which God had said it. Go to Hizal, go to Jehu, and then go to Elijah. But the first thing that Elijah does is he realizes that there is a task before him that is serious. He's not about to take the seriousness of of anointing a king first. No, he realizes there's a task before him, and this task is important. He needs to anoint a prophet. You see, it's important to have a king over a land. It's important to have governance over a land. But more important than the governance and more important than a king, more important than somebody who would be in charge is the word of God. And Elijah recognized that he had a serious task and he was to get the word of God out to the people. There needed to be somebody... That would bring the word of god and so what does he do he goes first to elisha he first goes to seek out elisha and this lets us know that elijah has seen the importance of his job he's been encouraged in the lord i've got a mandate i have something To do. There are people that need the word. They just came through three and a half years of famine. Three and a half years of famine. And, and in that three and a half years of famine, what was primarily being dealt with was because their king, Ahab, had led them into Baal worship. So what is most important, what is most vital in their spiritual life right now is that they hear the word of God. What is the most important thing that you will ever need in your life is when you are facing a famine, when you are facing lean times, is that you will get the Word of God into you. If you're facing discouragement, if you're facing any sort of trial, whatever that circumstance may be, if you get the Word of God into you, it will be the direction of your path it will give you the understanding of what you are to do the lord will speak to you through his word and so he goes to anoint elisha and elisha lives in a in a town called Meola. nobody really knows exactly where this is but they they presume that it's somewhere between the sea of galilee and and the dead sea and during this sentence because of being um, uh, in between the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee, there would have been the runoff of mist of whatever amount that could be during a famine. It was the least affected place. Um, so, Elisha, one thing we know about him. Is that he must come from a rich family? Because if there has just been a three and a half year famine, and this young man is out toiling the the ground, what is he toiling the ground with? But twelve pairs of oxen. That is to say, he has twenty four oxen. If you just came through a famine and the food was lean in the land, would you have twelve oxen? 12 pairs of oxen you'd be lucky to have one oxen just one one just one ox but he is toiling the ground with 12 and so we know that Elisha must come from a family that is of wealth or perhaps some form of prestige 12 in the in the Word of God is actually um, a number of completion 12 tribes of Israel 12 uh, cakes that were to be put into the temple with the frankincense 12 is a a number also of power um, in the word of God and so I find it very interesting that Elijah is going to come and anoint Elisha and what is he about doing he is toiling the ground he is working and he is working with 12 oxen and not to make any loose associations of any measure 12 is an important number in the word of God and here this young man is going to be called to a very position of power and 12 being a number representing power so the other thing that we know about elisha is that his father is shafat shafat meaning judge so his father he's not just from a, a family that it has wealth and prestige but his father has a very prestigious position as well being something of a judge right because in those days you were named according to either your position or your your parental lineage so his, his father means judge It's uh, it's very much possible that his occupation was that he was a judge of sorts, and so here comes Elijah. And we have we we know this. Uh, we know that Elisha is from a, a, a place that was not as affected by the famine. We know that Elisha has some sort of. Um, he's from a family that has some sort of riches of sorts his father may be a judge of sorts we know this much of e- elisha we didn't even know that much of elijah when we were first introduced to him we didn't know anything about him but just that he was this nobody but here he comes He is obviously not a nobody anymore Obviously, he is a success in the eyes of God, because in the it, for him to now go and appoint and or anoint the next prophet, God had to see him as a success because he is going to anoint his successor when a, when a CEO of a business is going to retire seldom that re, that CEO will appoint the, the next person that's coming under him or that is being hired that CEO will retire they will have a retirement party for him and the next ceo will come in but in elijah's case elijah was the success and he found his successor and so there god is is if you want to say encouraging him elijah you know what you haven't failed you've done what exactly that i've called you to do you 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 have been faithful in your job and now i am appointing you to go and anoint your successor The one that's going to work under you so we know these two things but god has a perfect timing in all of this and and it demonstrates to us exactly what jesus did with his disciples jesus in mark chapter 1 verses 16 to 20 it says this passing alongside the sea of galilee he saw simon and andrew the brother of simon casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen and jesus said to them Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. So if Elijah is a picture of Christ then Elijah calling Elisha and putting his mantle on him is a foreshadowing for us of what Jesus did when he called his disciples so but the the difference is here we're going to catch something when Jesus called his disciples he went to them and he said come follow me but Elijah did something very different when Elijah uh, went to to anoint Elisha, something happened that was different than what Jesus had done with his disciples. So we see Elijah taking his task seriously. The next thing is that um, Elijah will go to anoint Elisha, and Elisha realizes the cost of his commitment. So Elijah goes to Elisha, and he just puts his mantle on him. That's all he does. There's no dialogue between the two men in that moment. Elijah just goes up to him. Here's Elisha uh, going, um, toiling the ground with the 12 oxen. He's walking beside the 12th pair. Walking beside them. And Elijah comes along and he just drops the cloak on him. Not a word spoken. Unlike Jesus who said when he approached his disciples, come, follow me. All that Elijah did was put the cloak on him which is a message for you and I. Not only does Elijah Elijah see the seriousness of the task but he wants Elisha to know I'm not the one calling you. I'm not the one commissioning you. I'm taking my mantle and I'm putting it on you, but it is not me who is calling you. He didn't take that place as Jesus did when he saw his disciples. When Jesus um, went to his disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men so Elijah though he is a representation of Christ he doesn't take that step to to pre- present himself to Elijah look I'm God I'm calling you to this it was for Elisha to recognize the mantle in those biblical times was a was a, a very important garment of course we in the Hebrew there are two types there's the adoreth and the Mial or Mial. Um the Miile, If I'm saying it incorrectly, God forgive me. But it was the ephob or the robe that the priest, the king, uh, would wear during those times. And uh, but here, here the adoreth is more likely what Elisha or Elijah was passing on to Elijah, and it was um, uh, uh, a vest, if you want to say, or a jacket made of an animal skin, more than likely a sheepskin. And so, when Elijah passed this mantle on, this coat on to Elisha, it wasn't the same type of mantle as what a priest would wear, or as what a king would wear. It was a mantle uh, made of of sheepskin, and it was elijah's soul garment and so here what we're wanting to understand is he puts his mantle on to Elisha, and it would be the equivalent to us in our days of let's say i was a judge and now i am leaving my post as a judge and the next judge comes into the courtroom and i hand that judge my gavel What am I saying to that judge? I am now passing the authority of the courtroom to you. I am now passing on my authority. I'm stepping away from my authority and I'm giving that authority to you. Let's look back at the passage. Verse 19, Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my mother and my father goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elijah left. Elisha left and went back. Elisha was at work when Elijah found him. You want to know the call of God on your life. You want to know what God exactly wants you to do for the kingdom. What is it that God would have you to do in the church? God, what do you want me to do in my neighborhood? Lord, what do you want me to do in my workplace? Well, what was Elisha doing? Elisha was working. When you are found being busy about God's business, he's going to make it clear to you what you are to be doing. Some people feel as though, but Lord, there's nothing really that I could offer. And yet, day after day, you are continually praying about the needs of the church. Day after day, uh, as you take your personal devotional time, you bring up a need about this sister or that brother in the church. And you're saying, Lord, what would you have me to do for the kingdom? And then all of a sudden, one day, it dawns on you. That he's been calling you to that place of intercession. Calling you to that place of lifting up the needs of others before his throne. You're faithful about serving in the, in the Sunday school or, or serving in the hospitality of the church. And you're saying, but Lord, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that, Lord, what can I do for you? And each Sunday or each time you're in the church, people come through the doors and you greet them. God bless you. Welcome. Welcome. How are you doing this week? How was your week? And you're continually saying, Lord, what would you have me to do in the church? What can I do, God, to serve you? And then all of a sudden you realize how important it is because as you reach to greet that one sister, they just unfolded to you the week that they had and you have an opportunity to encourage them in the Lord. What was Elisha doing? Elisha was working in his father's uh, field toiling the ground and as he's working in the field God makes it clear this is what I want you to do this is what I want you to do and and Elijah had not yet spoken a word just the cloak was put on him and as Elisha recognized this is a cloak that I'm wearing he recognized the call that he was being brought to You might not see yourself very valuable, but if you pause to see what you're doing regularly, you will see what God is calling you to and how you could be used of him in that field. You like to bake, and you're always, here, here, take this, here, here, always giving away your your baked goods or your meals, And, and God is blessing you through those things. What are you doing, Elisha? recognized his call but elijah wanted to make sure he understood it's not me calling you it's god what have i done to you what have i done it's god god was calling elisha to take his word into the world that was around him that's the point of a prophet a prophet will will listen he listened to the word of god he lived according to the word of god and he spoke the word of god if you were to track elisha's life after which we which we may in in a few months look at the life of elisha he the the role of a prophet was one who listened to god one who lived according to god's word and one who spoke god's word and that's what god was was calling Elisha to Elijah didn't call you Elisha I have Elijah put the mantle on you but it's me who is calling you to the position of a prophet because a prophet must first listen are you hearing me call you to this place then Elisha uh, then the prophet must live out my word and speak my word Elijah saw God come in the rain and in the fire, but Elisha was going to see God come in the provision of food and the raising of, of those from the dead. So he be, obedience to this mantle that Elijah was putting on Elisha was ultimately not to e, Elijah. The obedience was to God. It says this, Elisha, um, Eli, in verse 21, Elisha left him and went back, He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Elijah recognizes that this commitment is a costly one. Your commitment to serving Christ is a costly commitment. Count the cost. Count the cost. What did Elijah... Elisha do he took his oxen and he slaughtered them what did he do with the slaughtered oxen he didn't sell it he didn't take the oxen and sell it to others who could be in need because they just came from a famine and lined his pockets with, with money to provide him for his now next job appointment. He took the oxen, he slaughtered the oxen, and he fed those in the community with it. He didn't even as much as sell the yoke that he used to put on those oxen to make them able to be his working beast. He burned the yoke. So Elisha's recognizing it. this commitment that I'm making before God is going to cost me. And in other words, I'm going to give up this life that I know. And I'm going to le- live completely sold out to God. Completely sold out to God. Because in the realistic, if we were to, to look at it in the mindset of this day and era, in the mindset of a North American mindset, it is sell everything that I have, put, take as much money as I get from all of my belongings, put it in the bank, live off of that and serve the Lord. That would be the North American mindset. But for Elisha, it wasn't that. It was, I'm going to bless others from these oxen. Like, there's not even a pause of thinking, well, these oxen truly belong to my dad. After all, it's his field that I am working. He was found in the field working. He sold the oxen, blessed those of the community, went to his mom and dad he did even say say to them not that the scripture indicates save me a room i'll be back he went and he followed elijah it caused me to think of luke chapter 14 verse 26 if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes even his own life he cannot be my disciple counting the cost serving god even to the expense of what it may look like to those closest to you that they might consider it well you love them more than me oh you love the church more than me oh but really it's counting the cost when you are so dedicated to christ when you are so dedicated to god that your love for him looks as though it were that you hated your own family that's what this scripture is saying if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother it would not be christ that would be telling us God a God of love to hate our mother and father when he tells us that we are to honor them but our love for him and our dedication and our obedience to him would appear as though it were a hate and so here is Elisha recognizing I've been called to the office of a prophet I've been called to the place of honoring God and following after him. I recognize that this is a costly commitment. It's going to cost me my relationships. It's going to cost me personally. He does nothing to afford himself to provide for himself, but he obeys. He's committed completely to following. And so what does he do? He follows Elijah, destroying his tools of the trade, throwing a going-away party for himself, and willfully, joyfully joining up with Elisha. Our call to the Lord demonstrates to those that are watching us, to to others that are around, uh, around us, that we love him so much that everything else is not as valuable to us so this call was about laying aside any pride there is no pride to that he could have he had to humbly follow and again another picture of christ that humility see elijah's name meant jehovah is god Elisha's name meant, God is my salvation. God is salvation. So Elisha would be bringing that message. The other thing that we realize is the commitment for Elisha uh, to follow Elijah was one of a servant and a friend. And in ministry, everybody needs a friend. And everybody needs a servant. You will be a friend and a servant to somebody. And somebody will be a friend and a servant to you. And this, Elisha recognized it. In, in um, 2 Kings verses 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 11, says this. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king ...of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. Elisha here, when we when we read this account that takes place later on in 2 Kings, he poured water on the hands of Elisha. Why? Because Elisha was washing his hands and he was the servant that was pouring that out. We don't see it demonstrated. If you were to read from now until elijah is caught up in a world when we do not see it demonstrated or told to us until after elijah is gone somebody witnesses that elijah elisha during his time with elijah served him that when he washed his hands there was elijah here you go here you go elijah and wash it. And so, that ministered to somebody else. Is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of him? This is Elisha. He was the one who was pouring water. Somebody else will speak of your servanthood. Somebody else will speak of what you have done in the name of the Lord. Some, you don't have to brag about what you've done for God. Somebody else will speak of it. And this is a demonstration that Elisha recognized, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to learn alongside of you. I'm going to be a servant to you. We don't have to always save what we've done. Somebody else will have seen. And the Lord will bring it to the service. So we see Elisha's servant heart towards Elijah. Did not Jesus, before he left meet with his disciples and have the same sort of session with them there they were in the upper room they were eating together and jesus removes himself from the table and then he prepares to wash the feet of his disciples demonstrating to his disciples the servanthood and it, and and we see this in john chapter 13 verses 4 and 5 he rose from supper he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel tied it around his waist and then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him he's reminding them if i as your master and lord just washed your feet, how much more should you not wash the feet of each other? How much more? Verses 12 and 15 completed. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've just done for you? For I've given you an example that you also, also should do as I have done. You see, sometimes we're just a little bit too proud. I'm not going to do that. And, you know, we, we, we find justification not to do certain things. Well, let somebody else do it. Well, you know, and Jesus is saying, but are you willing to be a servant? Are you willing to get down into the ugly? I remember one time when I was working in a retirement home and we had this one gentleman in his 90s and he had been a pastor. And it was quite cute because every Sunday morning he would dress himself in, a, in his suit and somebody from the local church would come and pick him up. And his suit had been soiled after the many sundays of being picked up in the church that uh, he went to afterwards they would always have like a pot blessing type of um luncheon and so often his suit was was soiled and uh, there he went as though he was all fixed up and and nice and on saturday nights we knew that we had to get him ready for sunday morning and you know we would say can i can we run you a bath or or something he just wanted us to wash his feet and so he would sit down in the chair and he would put his feet take his his socks off and put his feet there ready for us to wash his feet and that's all that he wanted to do to be ready for sunday morning and i had no idea initially that he had been a minister And so this one day as i'm washing his feet i began to ask him questions about his life and that's when i learned he was a minister and i thought oh oh of all the places he has carried the gospel of all the places and all the people and how anointed are the feet of those who bring good news and all of a sudden the the task of washing his feet, which wasn't even difficult in the first place, became something that when I would be on the Saturday night schedule, became something to look forward to because he was a man of God that delivered the gospel. And all he wanted was just his feet to be washed. And so uh, I think of that when I think of Jesus because... After that fact, I, would, I, I said to myself, Lord, how did you feel when you washed your disciples' feet? As you recalled to yourself the many places you had all been together and the many things that you had demonstrated and the lessons that you had taught them. What was your memory as you washed Peter's feet? Was it the time when, 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 when he, you know, what, 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 what was your memory, God, uh, Jesus, when, when you washed their feet? Was it the time when they would tiffle amongst each other? Who's going to be greater? Lord, what was your memory? And so as I was washing this old man's feet, I would often think of what Jesus thought of. Elisha he was a servant to Elijah that it was noted he was the one who poured water so his hands can be washed. Elijah, Elisha knew that to be, a, to follow Elijah, he would not just be a servant, he would also be a friend. It was going to be a costly commitment. How do we know that he uh, saw it as a friendship? Because in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2, Elijah is, is going to be going, uh, and he knows that his time is coming to an end, and, and he tells Elisha to stay here, and he says, um, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so they went down to Bethel i will not leave you elisha was a friend that was going to stick close to elijah he was going to go with him right to the very end are you that kind of friend would you demonstrate as the word says a friend that sticks closer than a brother well Elisha knew that to follow after this mantle was placed upon him that he would be that servant and that friend to elijah because his commitment was i will not leave you does it sound familiar to you when you think of christ i will not leave you nor forsake you I will be with you always, even till the end of the age. But lastly, one more thing that we do find out from this text, a simple few verses of... Elijah going and putting his cloak upon Elisha and Elisha following Elijah, we see that there is an authority that as we as believers receive when the Lord puts a mantle upon us. Elisha received an authority, and that authority uh, was one of power. 2 Kings chapter 6 speaks of a story that allows us to have a glimpse into this authority. And uh, it's when uh, Syria was looking to come against Israel, and uh, so they were making... Plans that come against israel and the and the king would speak to his people and you will have to go back and le- uh read it later for sake of time um I'm not going to read it to you now. But he would make his plans. And then Elisha would overhear him. And so Elisha would go and let uh, the king of Israel know what, what were the plans of the Syrians. And so then the king came to his army and he says, um, Which one of you like have a problem with me? that you, Like you don't like me? like?" And they're like, No, no, it's none of us. It's none of us. It's Elisha. And they tell the king that it is Elisha letting... <coughs> him know what he is speaking the words that you are speaking in your bedroom and so the the king's advisors were saying it's not us it's elisha and so then he he makes plans that he's going to to take take charge and uh it's it says in in, um uh in in second kings chapter six Sorry. behold uh, he says go and see where he is that i may send a siege to him uh, verse 13, it was told to him, behold, he is in Dotham. So he sent there horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. So they were going to take captive. And what happened was the servant that was with Elisha looks out and he sees all these chariots and all these men that are going to, to take charge on them. And, they, and he becomes afraid, and he, lie, and he says to Elisha, um, like, what what should we do? My master, what, what, what are we going to do about it? And Elisha says to him, don't be afraid. For those who are with us are greater than those who are against us. How does this demonstrate Elisha's authority or Elisha's power? Because in that moment he prayed and he said, God, let my servant see. Let him see Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, verse 17, please open his eyes that he may see. And so what happened? The Lord opened his eyes, opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around it demonstrated elisha's authority it demonstrated the supernatural power that operated within him was the power of god when elisha prayed when elisha spoke and so you and i know this that when elisha when when i was gonna say elisha that's my daughter's name when jesus went to depart he said to his disciples what all authority has been given to you in heaven and on earth go and make disciples Matthew chapter 28 All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to given me to, given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i've commanded you and behold i'm with you always even to the ends of the age here we have it elijah passes the mantle of the prophet on to Elisha. Elisha carries out that mantle, but that mantle displays for you and I. Our walk with Christ is not just a silly walk. It's not just a go to church kind of walk. Our walk with Christ is a commitment, and it will cost us. And at times, people will misunderstand us. But we are there to what? Hear the word of God and speak the word of God and live the word of God. And when we are walking. And speaking and living the Word of God, that mantle is upon us, the authority of God is upon us to go and what make disciples of others, that others may come into the kingdom as well. And so we have a perfect demonstration here from elisha from elijah to elisha of what is expected of us we watched on we learned on sunday morning walk in obedience because there's an elisha waiting There's an Elisha waiting, and his activation of where God is calling him cannot happen until you walk in the obedience. And when Elijah walked in the obedience, he could have chosen to go in the order as God gave it to him, first to King Hizael, then to King Jehu, and then to Elisha. But instead, he saw the importance of the delivery of the word. Where do you see the importance tonight? Where do you see the importance and the value even of your life? God, that I would be obedient, so obedient that God, when I pass that mantle, the next one that picks up the mantle, that wears that mantle, that they will carry your word, that they will carry your authority and your power, and that they will go and make disciples, and that, Lord, your word would continue to go forth. Your obedience will be what releases another. And the mantle of God will then go forth and others will come into the kingdom. Father God, we just thank you for tonight. We pray, Jesus, that through this simple few verses that we could see all the nuggets that you have displayed to us, O oh God. The seriousness of the task that Elijah had before him to go and find an Elijah. Elisha to to go and pass that mantle on Oh God for Elisha to count the costs and realize Oh God that it wasn't about preparing himself for the future but to trust in you that you would prepare him all he had to do was listen to speak your word and to walk in obedience and God to be a carrier of that authority lord we thank you for this example in your word may we walk it out every day in our lives that others may come to know you in the mighty name of jesus we pray amen and amen well we thank you for those that have joined us online we thank you for joining us and we um, invite you to come back on Sunday morning as we'll be here to, to share the Word of God and um, also we want to let you know to just keep our pastor pastor Dino and pastor Nadia in prayer as pastor Nadia's mom has been graduated into the wonderful presence of our Lord and so pray the comfort and peace of the Holy Spirit on the family as they um, travel these next few days funeral preparations so God bless you, thank you for joining us and we'll see you on Sunday morning